Hawaii Minnetonka. I'm David Law, Superintendent of Schools. Thank you for joining us for this episode of our district podcast, Ahoy Minnetonka. Today, we begin our back to school mini episodes. We'll be talking with two of our school board members about the goals set for the district, the tech levy renewal ballot question that will be in front of voters in November, a look at the district's long-term planning and more. I'm so excited for our listeners to get a glimpse behind the scenes of how the school board is involved in the governance of the district. And with me are two very experienced board members. I'll ask them to introduce themselves in a bit and talk about how they've been involved in the Minnetonka community over the years. Lisa Wagner, our current school board chair, and Chris Vitale, former school board chair and vice chair and current board director. Welcome to each of you. Please tell us a little bit about yourselves. Hi, um, I'm Lisa Wagner. This is my 16th year on the board. I have been an active volunteer in the district since 2001. Our two daughters uh, have grown up and gone through the Minnetonka schools all the way from ECFE to uh, graduating from the high school. And one is successfully now in the workforce and the other one is still finishing up college. Um, I've been fortunate to see all levels of the district in action and serve in many different board committees, and I'm really excited to be here today to tell you more about the important work that we do on the school board. Thank you. Chris? Hi, I'm Chris Vitale. Uh, I'm a director on the school board this year. Uh, this is my sixth year on the board. Uh, past roles, like you said, was chair for two years, vice chair. I was the treasurer uh, for a year. Um, I have three students, uh, uh, well, three children, and uh, my daughter is a 2021 grad and two sons, a sophomore, and a seventh grader at NME. Um, I've been, like Lisa, an active volunteer in the district, started uh, volunteering at the PTA at Scenic Heights. Um, my wife and I were PTA presidents for, I think, three years and, and then started doing more and more district things. And so that led to uh, being on the board. It's very common for board members to start at the PTA level or PTO level and work the way up. I've also noticed a lot of board members have children in the system. Do you think that's pretty common for the boards that you've served with, that they're also parents in the system? I think so. I think that um, it, people often become interested in getting more involved in the district through their children, and they learn a lot about the inner workings and then feel that they would be able to contribute after having experienced some of that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's been the trend lately. I think in the past, it, it's been people that have had kids that have gone all the way through the system. Uh, if you've looked at other boards and other things, and we've had uh, not just at Minnetonka, but at a lot of boards where you, where you see that they have active children in the system and they're wanting to get involved earlier and, and you know uh, be part of the district when their children are still there. Yeah. I know that the school board role is sort of a mystery for people in the public. They see you at a board meeting maybe or hear about a decision, but don't know what happens behind the scenes. Can you two talk a little bit about what it means to be a school board member and then what the governance model really means? Sure, so I think that um, people often don't understand that governance piece. I think that's one of the most important pieces of understanding the board is to think about governance. We're really designed as a body that oversees the vision of the district and the finances and the policies and then supervise our one employee, which is you, our mm -hmm. superintendent. Um, the day-to-day -day operations are really under the prevalence of the administration. So oftentimes I think people um, expect the board to get involved in day-to-day decision-making, and that's not really an appropriate place for our role. We're really designed to set direction, 
uh, from the, our goals, mm -hmm. and then hire the right superintendent who can manage all those day-to-day -day things. What, you know, as w this is a series about getting ready for school, what are some of the unique things you both have been preparing for a lot of school years? What are some of the things that, from a board perspective, play a part in the start of a school year? Well, I think one of the things, and Lisa talked about, is setting the, setting the goals, and that's one thing that has changed uh, uh, in the past few years. Normally, uh, we've gone and set goals uh, in the summer, for the fall, and really during the year. Uh, this year, we've really started working um, quite a bit beforehand, uh, and so we've approved the, the goals over the summer, and so we're going into the school year with our, our goals already uh, already in place. As you two have been board members, when you think about the goals for the district, what are some of the things you think about that are, how do you, how do you formulate what the district should be aspiring to? Well, I think you have to look at all of your data that you can see, right? You have to look at parent survey data, community survey data, uh, assessments, how our students are performing, maybe are there areas that we need to work on. Um, for example, literacy is something that we've seen mm -hmm. as, as uh, becoming more important and had, a, had added to our goals for this upcoming year. Um, and also just getting that feedback, right? The, all of those different touch points that we can have that allow us to see what's important in the minds of our community. Yeah. When I think of, um, you know, throughout the year just being here one year, you as a board have probably received 200 emails from the public and our community survey is feedback from several thousand people. I think uh, people have a hard time rectifying someone who speaks at the board once and the voice of all of our parents who are a representative piece. How do you balance those two things out between people who speak to you or might see you on the street and a data set like our community survey or our parent survey? I think one of the things is it's really about listening. Uh, it, it's, it's so important to listen to all the different uh, feedback mechaniz mechanisms that we get. And so being able to uh, see the person on the street or somebody that comes into a board meeting and really listening to their feedback. And then we have to balance it with all the other things that, that go along, the, the student surveys, the staff surveys, the uh, parent survey, which is, which is enormous, as well as all the other factors that, that go into it, like Lisa talked about, literacy has bubbled up and some of the other topics, as well as what the legislature has asked of us. I mean, mm -hmm. it was a big legislative session, um, and there's been a, lots of things that were, were not forced, but that we are looking at uh, uh, to go along with that. So it's really about listening and trying to aggregate all of that into um, some high-level goals and direction for the district. Yeah. Go ahead, I think one other thing I would just add to what Chris said is that we also have a lot of different committees, um, many of which have students on them. Mm -hmm. And so we get feedback from those committees, those innovation teams, the um, well-being you know, and belonging committees throughout the year. And often uh, you, you're, you're hearing one thing and then you're hearing another thing and those things are building on each other. And so maybe the first time you hear the issue, you don't realize or it's not really a big issue, but as, as things bubble up, like Chris said, you might hear it from more and more people. Right. Well, I, one of the things I've enjoyed in that's a board goal is listening to students. You know, we went out and listened to students at the high school and at both middle schools, and uh, for me, that was a chance to watch the board really ask about 
potential goals or potential community concerns and the student's perspective on it. Just another thing that I'm not sure the community realizes that the board hears along with PTO listening sessions that we had throughout the year last year. Well, one of the things, uh, you know, we have set board goals on um, the well-being, connection and belonging, on academic excellence and on uh, excellence in school leadership and organization. Um, are there any of the goals this year that stick out for you as something that's been bu bu bubbling up for a while or something that um, has been a priority for you in your time on the board? I think for me, one of the most important things that we do as a board that people don't think about is the finances. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, talking about the ensuring the long-term financial stability, I know we'll talk in a couple of minutes about our upcoming tech levy. Mm -hmm and um, just looking at all of the different ways that we can be active at the legislature to lobby for more funding, that we can partner with other districts, uh, that and the enrollment piece of it, all of those things are really critical aspects of board service. Um, so I, I think that that for me is one of the biggest things that I keep in mind. Yeah. I would, um, and there's so many, it's always hard to, hard to pick, but two of the things that stick out for me is if you look at our, um, our, our goal, excellence in student learning and support, um, two of the things that have come up and you've talked about, it was literacy, and that's been a focus of the legislature this year as well, and, and I think it's something that you've brought to the district, a, a, um, a love of literacy and, and wanting to put some focus on the literacy efforts and, and training and uh, the literacy uh, achievement of our students. Uh, the other thing is the middle schools. Uh, is one of the things I'm excited about is, and we're just starting this wor work this year. Mm -hmm. um, and so really looking at that, we've got some early uh, board reports on uh, last spring about looking at middle school programming and looking at the buildings and all of those things. We've um, spent lots of time in, in maybe the bookends of our, of our district over the years and really filling out those programs. Um, and it's nice that, that the middle schools are gonna get some love too. Yeah, Principal Pete Dimmitt at Middle School East is one of our guests also, and he, he's going to really appreciate that you reference the love that middle school needs. And uh, I, you know, we it's been 16 years since the board had directed a middle school study. Well, Lisa, you had referenced this, and uh, it'll be good for the community to hear your perspective. The board unanimously approved uh, the decision to bring our tech levy back to the voters. What is a tech levy from the board's perspective? What does it mean? What do you think about? What should voters think about as that's on the ballot? So, well, that's something that many people probably don't realize has been in place in Minnetonka schools since the 90s. Okay. And um, the first time that it was approved in kind of most current form was about 2002, if I, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had several other uh, opportunities to have that on the ballot and have had been very successful with our voters. And this is, uh, it's very important to remember this is a renewal and not an increase. It's at the same rate, the 6.5% rate that it's been at for quite some time. And um, so we're renewing, not um, you know, increasing our rate at all. And I think that's important. But that, that uh, levy has allowed us to do a lot of things that if we had to take that money from the general fund, we wouldn't be able to do. So it's brought a lot of technology into the schools. It's helped us provide training for our teachers on that technology, uh, support with our technology staff, and also very importantly, safety. Right. A lot of safety features we've been able to add because we've had that levy. Um, some of them physical barriers and things like that, others, uh, 
things behind the scenes. Um, and so it, it really encompasses many things. Districts that don't have access to that kind of a levy are much more constrained in those areas. And um, you know, certainly we've seen technology being an accelerator of learning, um, and we certainly use it as an important tool. And you know, we wouldn't have been able to do it without the levy. So we really thank our community and our voters for being supportive of it. And we hope that they'll continue to do so in November. I remember asking our students about technology and all of them said it plays a part in every class that they have and they can't imagine doing school without it. And yet there's balance. You know, they want some paper and pencil, we provide some paper and pencil. Um, one of the things that stuck out with me that the board did is ask our community specifically about these topics, technology, safety. Um, and they, we had a presentation to the board in June and then again in August. Chris, what are some of the things that you picked up from that community feedback about the tech levy? Well, um, a lot of the feedback is, is um, how much of learning is based on technology. And, and it's not just iPads or computers. It's uh, the tech levy is used for textbooks and materials and training and um, and security of, of, of all of those things and the security of our buildings as well. And so um, some of the things that stuck out is j just how supportive uh, our community is. I think when you go through the last three or four years and see how um, when you become 100% dependent on technology and the districts that were ready for it and the districts that weren't, were able to uh, pivot and move and we were able to change models and move things forward. And now we're starting to see the appreciation of that from, from our community. Uh, and our students and our staff that, that we were ready and and uh, by renewing the tech levy, tech levy we'll be able to um, continue that for the next 10 years. Yeah, I, I can share that, uh, that by the time this podcast airs the state data on student performance will be out and one of the things that you can watch is that by keeping our younger learners in school during the pandemic with the help of technology and getting our older students we didn't see in Minnetonka the drop that some districts did that weren't able to provide that instruction. And so we're not having to rebound as far too. And that was just, that's an investment in technology and in instruction. So um, also in the ballot this year are four school board seats. There's a forum being held at the League of Women Voters on September 12th here in Minnetonka High School in the Arts Arena. Everyone's invited to attend and watch. If you were going to give some advice to voters about how to pay t pay attention to the ballot and what to be thinking about, any any thoughts as someone who's not going to be on the ballot, thank you for your service, and someone who's not going to be on the ballot because you're continuing to serve, what are what are some ways you could inform parents about getting informed in the election process for four new board members? I think it's really important to remember that this is a nonpartisan race. Um, you need to find somebody who's very balanced who will be able to work with our legislators on both sides of the aisle. Um, upcoming legislative sessions are going to be very important to Minnetonka, uh, to our funding. And um, that might not be super exciting to everybody, but it's really critical to understand and be able to work with lots of different people. Um, you have to really be able to look at all different perspectives and boil them down to what will be best for the district. Um, somebody once said to me when I was thinking about board service that Lexi and Nina's mom wouldn't necessarily make the same decisions that Lisa Wagner, the school board member, would. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to look for big picture thinkers, uh, people who look at data and can sift through all of the different points that they had. Sometimes one voice can seem really loud, but that's not really what's best for the district. 
Chris, any thoughts? I think Lisa uh, described it pretty well, but I think some of it is uh, attending the forums and hear the people speak and answer the, the questions and you know formulate your own opinions of um, you know who the candidates are. Um, I think Lisa described it really well. Being on a board of seven, um, you have to take a community of thousands, tens of thousands, and, that, uh, and boil it down to um, seven people. And so, uh, like Lisa said, I don't necessarily represent my opinion or my family's opinion. You represent the, 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 the community's mm -hmm. uh, opinion. And so being able to look at that, bringing things forward, uh, uh, having discussions and, and asking questions and bring all those things forward, so, yeah. yeah. And one of the things I've experienced, and you have too probably, is community opinions evolve over time. You know, if you think back 10 years ago about school safety, we, we had, or 15, a completely different lens that we have today after being aware of schools as targets and being vulnerable. So those things shift, perceptions shift. Um, as we are wrapping up today and looking forward to the school year, what are some of the things about being a board member during the school year that you enjoy the most? What are you looking forward to this year? Lisa, starting your last year, Chris, yeah. starting your next year. You know, I think it's really, it's really wonderful to see the uh, enthusiasm of the staff as they come back. You know, we have such an amazing and caring group of all of our staff who really are excited to get back and help students learn. And, you know, I, I think that that energy is so contagious, right? And they start off on such a great foot, and then our students come back, and they are excited about being in school. It's always wonderful to see all of the different things that we have going on. Um, I'm really excited to see the aviation program get going mm -hmm. at the high school here. Um, I'm excited to see you know our, our our little learners come back. We've got some new playground equipment and things like that going on at, at MCEC. So. Um, you know, I think that's it, the enthusiasm, if I had to put it in one word. Yeah. So. Chris? Um, uh, again, Lisa, uh, echo what she has to say. You know, being in the schools uh, at back to school time is, is amazing. So any of the events that we're able to get to and, and or volunteering and, and doing different things and each building has its own energy and its, its own makeup a, a, a little bit. And so getting around and seeing as much as possible is great. Um, from a programming standpoint, obviously the aviation, uh, the the Vantage Momentum Building, uh, mm -hmm. which is um, uh, drove by today, and uh, the windows are mostly in, and yeah. starting to see that that go go forward, and just to continue to see all of the programs, um, you know, all the signature programs, but all the other things that we're doing uh, with our efforts on belonging and connection and well-being, and uh, and really um, looking forward to the work on the finances and and securing the future for our district. So you know, the tech levy is big. So looking forward to that uh, passing and, uh, and really working on some of the, the hard, because you have to pay for it all. And so there's lots of things we want to do, uh, mm -hmm. and you have to balance uh, the, the things that you need to pay for, and right. the resources that you have to pay for them, I guess. So. Well, as someone who knows that the board job isn't just those Thursday nights when we're in a meeting, that it's sometimes seven days a week, sometimes weekends and evenings. I appreciate all the time that you both put into it and taking some extra time today to talk to our community about starting the year. So thank you for being here. As we close, I want to thank each of you for giving some time today to talk with us on this podcast. Look forward to starting the school year with you and bringing everyone back. And I want to thank our community for joining us again. Until our next podcast, thanks, and we'll see you again soon.